Um, you see, this picture describes what January 2020 has been. It has been a difficult year so far. Uh, we have had bushfires in Australia. We have had volcanic eruptions in the Philippines. The United States and Iran went to war. And Iran retaliated by downing a passenger plane. Those people didn't deserve to die, but they died. Uh, we have plane crushes. We have the Wuhan uh, crisis, the coronavirus that is afflicting everybody now. And recently this week, my favorite basketball player, Kobe Bean Bryant, his daughter and seven other people lost their lives. <laughs> and you have to ask yourself, what is going on? Let me tell you the truth. Things are not getting better, they're getting worse. But the reality is that life does not make sense if we don't understand the God who can. The God who can. And I've just uh, entitled this series as the God who. And every week I'm going to fill in uh, something for us to, to understand the things that God can do. Because the things that are happening today simply show that we are incapable. Nobody here. Uh, can stay away uh, from death. Death attacks everybody, but uh, the good news is the God who, and I want you to focus on the things that God can do, not the things that uh, you can do. And so I've labeled the sermon today, the God who rewards you. The God who rewards you. Everybody say, the God who rewards me. Uh, one more time, the God who rewards me. Oh, man, I, I, you guys don't want the God, God's reward. You sound so dead, but that's fine. Uh, Genesis 15, uh, verse number one, is our chosen text. Uh, my brother's already standing because he understands that uh, when Pastor Henry wants you to read the word of God, you need to stand. So please rise with me for the reading of the text. Genesis chapter uh, 15 and verse number one. It is a very powerful text. And this is what it says. Well, I'll let you get there. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. You got it. You got it? You got it? Uh, after these things, things happened in chapter uh, 14. After those things, there was a war in chapter 14. After that war, the word of the Lord, meaning God sent a message. The word of the Lord came unto Abram, meaning exalted father. It came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. I am thy shield, God says, and your, <laughs> Sister Verissa, exceeding great reward. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> we desire rewards. Uh, a certain preacher went to heaven. And when we got to heaven, he noticed that a cab driver was rewarded a higher place than he was. A cab driver was closer to the throne of God than he was. 
And so the preacher complained to St. Peter and says, St. Peter, I dedicated my life to preaching. How come this cab driver has a higher place than I have? So St. Peter says to the preacher, you see, our policy is reward driven. Our policy looks at the results that you have accomplished in your life. And so, let me ask you, preacher, what happened every time you were preaching to your members? And so, <laughs> the preacher admitted to St. Peter, you see, every time I was preaching, <laughs> they went to sleep. And then, St. Peter says, you see, that is why that you have a a lower place because every time that the cab driver was driving, his passengers not only stayed awake, but they kept praying. You got it. Let's be honest. We like rewards. We, we work hard because we want to get that bonus. Mm-hmm. We study hard because we want to get those good grades. We diet because we want a lean body. We give gifts to get gifts. What is more frustrating is that when somebody promises us a reward and the reward is not given, we complain about it. And especially in the realm of faith where God promise us, promises us so many different things that you're going to have this, you're going to have that. It seems that in our journey of faith, we, we are praying for things to happen. We want things to come, but it, it doesn't make sense. And it almost seems as if the rewards of God, they fade into absurdity. It doesn't make sense. And so when God tells Abraham, because Abraham finds himself at this particular situation where the promises of God or the rewards of God become absurd. When God tells Abraham, Abraham, I'm, I'm your exceeding great reward. I am your shield. Abraham says, wait up, Lord. No, no, come on, Lord. Let's stop this. Because uh, what are you going to give me? Because I am going childless. When, when Abraham hears God declare, I am your great reward, Abraham has to uh, almost protest and tell God, God, what are you going to give me? I am childless. You see, Abraham is, is very graphic, and you may not understand this in English, but he's very graphic in the original language. He's basically saying, I am walking this life without a child. He, he's saying, when I, when I wake up and I live my life every day, I, I don't have a kid. Besides, Lord, you, you promised me the reason why I left my homeland is because you said to me that I would have a great nation, that I would have many descendants. But as it looks right now, I don't have a child. What are you going to reward me with? You see, Abraham's greatest wish and greatest reward from God was to have a child. 
Perhaps you are like Abraham and you have that one thing that you wish you could have. Perhaps it is a job. Lord, yes, you are my great reward, but how come I don't have this job? I am still jobless. Yes, Lord, you tell me I am, uh, you, uh, you are my exceeding great reward, but I am still career-less. I can't hold down a job. It's, it's been this job and the next job. Perhaps I'm not speaking to you. Perhaps uh, for you, it's, it's you are husbandless and wifeless. Uh, Lord, you tell me it's not good for a man or woman to be alone, but I, I, I don't have this. Uh, Lord, you, you, you tell me uh, that you're going to provide for my needs and I, I want to start this new business, but I'm still businessless. Lord, Lord what, what's up? It, it seems to me that your promises don't, don't make sense. It seems to me that your promises are, are absurd. I am still less. I am less of this and I am less of that. I keep praying. I keep asking, but I don't have it, God. And so you see, when uh, God's promises don't match our reality, I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me. Sometimes God's promises don't match our reality. Our reality is that we are sick and God promises to give us health, but his promise of health doesn't match the reality of sickness. And so when that happens is that we tend, Christian, to make conclusions. We conclude on a situation. You see, my life is always going to be career-less. My life is always going to be filled with sickness. That's who I am. It is human to, to conclude, uh, yeah, you know, your life has been going, uh, you haven't had a job in, in five years. You, you're just not that good. You're not productive. You're never going to be anything. You, you don't have a, a college degree, and so, and so you're never going to be educated. And, and, and those thoughts enter our brains and we say, yeah, that's who I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's who I am. And so we make conclusions because what God promises is so up there. It seems like it's, it's up in the sky. It doesn't uh, translate to this earthly existence. And so we conclude and we say, yeah, that, that's who I am. Make conclusions. And you see, in verse number three, two, Abraham Ask a question. He, he says, what are you going to give me? But in, in verse number three, Abraham makes a conclusion. And this is a conclusion that Abraham makes about his situation because he's childless, right? He makes this conclusion about his situation. Hear me. He says, look, God, you haven't given me a child, right? So, in fact, the person who's going to be my heir, because you haven't given me seed, I'm childless. I don't have a seed. The person who's going to be my heir is one who is born in my house. This Eliezer of Damascus, that's going to be my heir. And so our conclusions are like this. Lord, because you haven't given me a wife, therefore I think that I'm unlovable. And therefore, because I'm unlovable, I'm just going to, uh, to, to live my life any which way. I'm not going to care about this or that. I understand what I'm saying? So when we, are, when we make conclusions about ourselves, it, 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 it's a dangerous thing because we can put ourselves in a situation where we start to live life recklessly. You're not giving me a husband, so I'm going to have many boyfriends. Are you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> You're not giving me a wife, <laughs> I'm going to have many girlfriends. You're not giving me a job, <laughs> so I'm going to rob the bank. Mm-hmm. 
So we, we try to fulfill our reality with our own promises. Right? God's reality is up there. And so because it is up there, no, I can't reach it. It's so absurd. It doesn't make sense to me. I've concluded that that's not who God wants me to be. So I need to find a solution for my situation. You understand what I'm saying? I have to take care of me. God is not taking care of me. So let me take care of me. It's about time that I do my own thing. And so life now becomes uh, disjunct. And we create this chasm that God stays over there. And we live life over here. Everyone says, you know what? God, you're not going to give me uh, a child. And you see what makes the, uh, Abraham's conclusion even more pungent, you know, even more strong is because he refused two good rewards that he could have gotten for himself, right? He could have changed his situation. The first reward was when he and Lot, his nephew, because they were so rich and had so many livestock, they couldn't cohabitate. And so they talk to each other like brothers and uh, family members. He's like, Abraham comes to Lot. He says, Lot, look, you and me, we have been so blessed by God. Hallelujah. God bless us. We have been blessed by God. You have so many livestock. I have many. We, we can't do this. So here's, here, here is it. You choose. Right? You can go to the left. I'll go to the right. If you go to the, if, if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. You choose. And so Lot chooses the best part of the land. He chooses a place where it was, it was, um, there was grass for livestock. There was water. It was, it was nice place. Close to Sodom though. <laughs> and Abraham had to go and live in the mountains. And then another time, Abraham is in, in chapter 14. He, he wins a battle. Right? He defeats a coalition of five kings. And so as he's returning with goods from war or the spoil, the king of Sodom comes to him and says, Abraham, look, you can keep everything. Just give me the people. And Abraham says, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, you see, Abraham refused these two rewards because he, he waited. Hear me carefully. He was waiting for God to fulfill his promise to him. Because God has said, I'm going to make you a great nation. And so Abraham says, I am not going to uh, do anything for myself. I'm not going to change my reality for myself. I'm going to wait for God to do this for me. But the problem is, God is not doing it. It's like you're hungry, right? And uh, you are, you know, you're, you're hungry and... Uh, and you know that mom cooks very good food, right? And so your friend offers you to go eat holy cow, right, for lunch. But you say, look, I'm not going to go to holy cow for lunch. Lunch is being made at home. I'm going to have a nice plate of gado gado and, and there's going to be nasi uruk and there's going to be poi and uh, that uh, Vietnamese food right there is going to be a balmy and my mom makes really good, uh, good food. And so I'm not going to eat holy cow because I want to eat at home. But when you get at home, mom has cooked your worst or your least favorite meal. This is what is happening to Abraham. Abraham is keeping his uh, kind of like reward stomach hungry, right? Empty, right? Because he believes that God is going to fill it. But God is not filling it and he's still childless. 
And I know I have heard stories of a, of a brother who loves uh, to, I mean, I've heard, I've, I've heard stories of, 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 of people who they are waiting for that Christian guy, you know, that, that, that Christian uh, relationship. And many guys come along, they, they're of different other faiths and, and they come, they're very nice people, but they say, nah, I'm going to keep my reward stomach empty. I want God to, to fill it with a, with, a, with a Christian husband and a Christian and a wife you know I'm not going to go for a nun a Christian or so I'm going to keep it you know to myself and then when finally the Christian guy comes he is worse than the guys who are not Christian and so the person is left wondering Lord why did I keep my reward stomach empty for this seems absurd right God is not keeping his promise I'm being faithful. I'm waiting. I'm still less and less and less. Childless, wifeless, husbandless, jobless, careerless, uh, songless, sermonless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Beautyless. I don't know. But yet you believe that God promises and he keeps his word. Allow me to tell you, my brother, my sister, that God is a reward. You need to know that in spite of the situation that you're going through, that your reality does not match your, your promises of God does not match your reality. I need you to understand that God is the reward. Pastor, I don't understand that. Allow me to tell you what I'm talking about. You see the text says, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a what? In a vision. You see, a vision is something that is unknown to you, right? When somebody tells you a story, right, about somebody that you didn't know, that's a vision. It's something that is unknown to you. And so the Bible says the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. Right? It is something that Abraham didn't know. He didn't understand. And, and so God shows him in a vision. That I am your shield, your, your protector, your defender. But also I am your exceeding great reward. Abraham, I am the reward. I am it. Yes, your reality doesn't match. Your, my promise of you having a child doesn't match your reality. But Abraham, the fact that you have me in your life, I am the reward. Oh, you're not getting it. Okay, you're going to get it in a moment. You see, uh, I, have to, I have to say this because Kobe Bryant is a, is, a, is a great man, but he's no longer here with us. And death is a menace. Death is a menace. When I woke up on Monday morning... Picked up my phone, said, Kobe Bryant, 41, dead. I was like, man, people need to stop this hoax stuff. So I put my phone down. I went back to bed. Said, Kobe Bryant cannot die. It's impossible. Kobe Bryant is the guy who, if he tears his Achilles, he's able to come back and continue playing. If he messes up his knee, he's able to. So Kobe Bryant became like a, almost a, it's like a, like, like a machine. But when I went back and I checked CNN and, and Fox News and MSNBC and uh, BBC and, and, and all the news networks, uh, the major ones, uh, it said, breaking news, Kobe Bryant is dead. And then this whole week, you know, superstars and, and these guys who've been talking about the greatness of Kobe Bryant because they finally began to understand that having Kobe Bryant alive was a great reward. Because Kobe Bryant added a certain value 
to their lives. Are you understand what I'm saying? And so when God tells Abraham, I am your reward, he, 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 he's trying to help Abraham to understand the fact that you have me in your life, it's everything. And so I want you to understand that a lot of times we are thinking of the tangible things, the things that we don't have, and we, we should. But I want you to understand the fact that you are a believer in God, it makes everything change. And so your life is not fixed on what you don't have. Your life is fixed on who you have, God himself. He is your reward. God is the reward. He makes the difference. He makes all the difference in our lives. Because in, in the midst of all these coronaviruses and all these uh, planes that are crashing and helicopters blowing up, eruptions and all these things, if God is in your life, you have everything because you have no need to fear death. You have no need to fear not having a job. You have no need to fear not having a, a relationship or whatever it is that you don't have. Because when you have God, you have everything, my brother and my sister. Uh, hear me carefully. And so oftentimes, uh, like Abraham, we miss the idea that God is a reward. Because if Abraham, it had sunk in that God is my reward, he would have realized that, wait a minute, I know I don't have a child, right? But I have God. So even if I don't have a child, having God, it means that I have everything. We sing the song, Christ is enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen to this, my brother and my sister. The song goes, it says, Christ is enough for me. Christ. Come on now, join, join me. Christ is enough for me. How's it go? Uh, help me out, help me out. A Everything I need is in you. Everything I need I to follow G. You, you see, that song says it everything. Because it tells me that if Jesus is in my life, I have everything. Everything else is secondary. And so my brother and my sister, allow me to tell you of one brother who found Jesus to be everything. Paul says... Uh, yea, doubtless I count. Uh, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. And he says, "For whom I've suffered the loss of all things." You see, the reason why we don't see God as a reward is because we have a blurry vision. Our eyes are looking at the wrong thing. We are looking at what God can do, not who God is. Yeah, that's the difference. You understand what I mean? When we look at what God can do, we focus on him providing that job, providing this, providing that. But when we focus on who God is, we look at the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And because he delivered me from my sins, man, I have everything. But you see, I love God because God entertained the question of Abraham. Yeah, God say, Abraham says, you know, Lord, what are you going to give me? And God entertains the question of Abraham. But if Abraham would have paused and smiled, he'd have realized, man, out of all my brothers and sisters, hear me carefully, out of all my brothers and sisters, God chose me to leave my homeland and become this special person. Have you ever thought about that? That you... Are a Christian? 
that you believe in God? That there are people there who are atheists and agnostics who say no to God, but you yourself are a believer in God and that Christianity makes sense to you? Have, have you ever allowed that thought to crystallize in your mind? That there are people who are living in darkness who, when you tell them about the Bible and, and things about faith, they say, no, that's a strange religion. How can a man die for you and bleed and, and you believe that that's salvation? Have you ever thought about that? But my brother, my sister, when you get fired from a job and when you lose a relationship or the career is not going well, that's not so important because, you know, man, I have something more important. I have gold. So, brother, my sister, allow God to clear up the vision so that we can see things for what they really, really should be. Uh, allow me to uh, point this out. You see, here is a beautiful thing, right? When a student wants to get good grades, what do they do? They study hard, right? Yes, the Marissa knows. She's a good student. Amen. Right? When students want to get good, they study hard, right? Now, when they study hard, what happens? They do get those good grades, right? And then when they get those good grades, what happens? They get on the dean's list. And then when they get on the dean's list, and then they uh, get on, uh, they get cum laude's, and, and then after getting the cum laude's, they, 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 they now get uh, interviews, and uh, are you following what I'm saying? So because they worked hard, they, 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 they understood that I need to study hard, everything came along with it. <laughs> You're not getting it. You see, when you have God in your life, and he is your reward, he is that important thing, guess what? Everything else follows. That's what the Bible says. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else is going to be added. <laughs> you have God, the wife is going to be added. You have God, the husband is going to be added. If you have God, the career is going to be added. Because God is never going to let you go hungry. Am, am I talking to somebody? You see, when you have God, the health is going to be added. You may not be physically healthy all the time, but you have a spiritual kind of health. You understand what I'm saying? You see, when you have God, God now is able to download his blessings on you. And I want you to understand that uh, as, as I said it this way, if I have everything without God, I really have nothing. But if I have God, I have everything, even if I don't have everything. Oh, that's deep. You know what I'm saying? Having God makes all the difference. But here is the good news. God is a reward that awards. God is a reward. <laughs> That awards. Okay, that, that, let, let me break it down to you. Put it to you like this. You see, there are some people that if you borrow them money, Sister Audrey, you borrow them money, maybe it's 500,000 rupiah or whatever it is, or 1 million or 2 million, however, you, however amount, and they'll tell you, okay, I will pay you back. Right? I will pay you back. Please borrow me this money because I want to pay you back. But if they notice, some people, if they notice that you have forgotten that they owe you money, they will not say anything. That's what I'm saying. God is not like that. God is not a kind of person who, when he makes a promise, he wants you to forget about it because he's unable to keep the promise. You know what I mean? Some people say they're going to pay you back, but they know 
they can't pay you back. I'd rather somebody tell me, look, I need the money, but I can't pay you back, right? At least he's being up front. But some people, they're borrowing money, they know they can't pay. But God is not like that. God doesn't promise and not pay his promises. And so the reason why Abraham got the word of the Lord in a vision, Christian, the reason why it came to him in a vision, because God, Brother Johannes, wanted him to remember the promise. Because God had promised Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. And so when the words came in his head, I am your great reward. Abraham remembered, Lord, you promised me that I'm going to be a great nation. How come I don't have the promise? Because God wouldn't even remember, Abraham, I will do what I said I will do. So hear me, my brother, my sister. If God has said it, God is going to do it. God doesn't speak and say, okay, let him forget. No, God accomplishes what he says he's going to accomplish. And so God knew that the question would come, Lord, what are you going to give me since I go childless? He knew that the question would come. He knew that Abraham would ask. You see, my brother, my sister, God has promised you many things. And what it tells me, please take this with you when you go home. What it tells me is that you can ask God about his promises that he has promised you. <laughs> Lord, you promised me wisdom. Where is my wisdom? Lord, you uh, promised me uh, that I'm going to have all of my needs met. Where is my job? Lord, you said it is not good for a man or woman to be alone. Where is my loved one? Lord, you said this. Lord, you said that. Where is it? It is okay to ask God that because God wants you to ask him. God is not afraid if you ask him. God is not ashamed if you ask him. God is not embarrassed if you ask him. God wants you to ask him because God is able to do it. So ask God the things that he has promised you and let him do the things that he has promised uh, to do for you. You see, my brother, my sister, I know that God is a God who answers his requests. I mean, his, his promises. He, he shows up when he needs uh, to show up. You see, there are two things that I want to leave you with as I'm getting to a close in this particular message. You see, when it comes to the promises of God, because they're going to come but you need to learn the art of waiting for the reward. You need to learn the art, says the Valerie, of waiting for the reward. You, you need to wait for it. You understand know what I'm saying? You need to wait for it. That, that means you should allow yourself not to rush, not to be in a hurry. Because you see, when uh, the king of Sodom came to Abraham, he tells Abraham, Abraham, Take everything. Uh, just give me the people. Abraham says, look, I'm not even going to take. Look at the text. He says, I will not take anything from you. Now you have to pause. Abraham says, I'm not going to take anything from you. Is Abraham being proud? Right? Is Abraham not trying to get human help? Are you understand what I mean? He says, I will not take anything from you. Lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. Oh, hear that. You see, Abraham says, I cannot ask you to fulfill God's promise for me. Because if you fulfill God's promise for me, you're going to say that 
you did it. But no, I want God to do it for me. Hear me carefully, my brother, my sister. When you wait for God's promise, brother Frankie, when you wait, brother Victor, for God to fulfill what he promised you, you are saying no other human being can take credit for what God can do. You see, that's an amen moment right there because uh, that's powerful. I worked hard on that. You know, I thought about that all week, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll let the amen go. <laughs> you see, Abraham makes a very fundamental point that when we allow other people to fulfill God's promises in our lives, we are kicking God out of the picture. And normally those people who fulfill those promises, uh, they are people who are going to take pride. Yeah, I'm the one who gave you the job. Hmm? You see, you see him right there. You know, in fact, I had to make a call. <laughs> and then because of my call, so-and-so called him. And because of that call, he had the job. Now, there is nothing wrong with getting human help. Are you understand what, what I mean? But you must understand, here is the point. You must understand, is this human help that I'm getting, is it in line with God's will for my life? Is, 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 is him helping me to get what I've been promised, something that God is going to say yes to? Pastor, now how do I know, right? How do I know that I should accept this reward from a human being? How do I know that? When you're hungry... Does somebody need to tell you that you're hungry? When you're hungry, you go to the fridge. When you're hungry, you pick up your, your Gojek app and you order food. When you're hungry, you go on that graph. You know what I mean? Nobody needs to tell you that you're hungry. So my brother and my sister, when you have a such close relationship with God, when your foundation in God is so strong, you are going to know. I can't tell you when to accept a human reward. I can't tell you. But when you know and you're talking to God and, and you're walking with God, God is going to tell you, my son, take that interview. That's your reward from me. Say yes to him. That's your reward from me. <laughs> yes, go there. That's your reward from me. So you need to learn walking with God. You, you need to have that encounter with him. And if you don't have that encounter with him, it can start today. And he can teach you how to learn to listen to his voice. And then that listening to that voice is going to direct you when you should make certain turns and take certain things. But here's another thing you need to learn. You need to wait for your reward with belief. You need to wait for that reward with belief because you see, this is something amazing. When God is responding to Abraham's question about having no child, God says to Abraham, says the KB, he says to Abraham, look to the sky, right? He says, look toward heaven and count. He says, tell the stars, count them. No one can count the stars, right? And then God says, as innumerable as the stars are, that's how many descendants you're going to have. Now, if this happened at night, You'd be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. But according to verse 12, the sun was going down. It means that when God told Abraham, don't miss this, it means that when God told Abraham to count the stars, it was during the middle of the day. What that means is there were no stars out. But Abraham, hear me carefully, 
His belief was so strong. He could see stars even though there were no stars. You see, when your beliefs is so strong, keep, keep, keep playing. When your beliefs are so strong, you can see beyond what is visible. Abraham saw stars during the day. I have never seen stars during the day. But Abraham saw stars and he counted stars during the day. So my brother and my sister, your belief system needs to be such a way that your eyes of belief and, and faith can cut through the clouds of, 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 of darkness. And, and they can see. You can see health when presently Somebody's lying on their cigarette. That's a belief. The belief eyes. Are you understand what I'm saying? You see, when, when, when death is ravaging somebody's body, you can see that when Jesus comes back, that incor corruption is going to put on incorruption. You understand what I mean? When, 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 when before you is a jobless situation, you can see a job. So the belief eyes allow you to say, yeah, I can see my reward. It's coming. Where is it? I can see it. No, no, I don't see it. That's your problem. I can see it. So brother, my sister, hear me carefully. Open your eyes of faith. For we walk not by faith, but by a sight. You see, when a plane is flying and the pilot is at the helm of a plane, Sometimes there's darkness and there's clouds and he can't see the ground, he, he can't see where he's going, but the instruments, they call them avionics, they, they can direct a pilot. His feelings will tell him, you, you should land the plane right now, but the plane, the, the, the avionics might be saying, no, keep, keep going, it's, it's, it's 10 more feet. His feelings might be like, no, it's 30 feet, but avionics will, take, will say 10, 10 feet. And so that the pilot must trust the avionics, not his feelings. My brother, my sister, your avionics is faith. You need to let the instruments of, of faith guide you when things are dark. Because when you do that, then truly God can reward you. Whenever the reward comes, I cannot tell. But only you can know because your eye of faith is so strong. And so the Bible says, hear, hear this. Abraham believed God. Abraham believed in the Lord. He, he had that belief in the Lord. And it was counted. It was rewarded to him in righteousness. And so while you may want a physical reward God is interested in a spiritual reward God wants reward in such a way that when this road ends and when Jesus comes you are able to say Lord I have been waiting for you but if you don't have a spiritual reward when Jesus comes you are going to run away so God is saying I am your exceeding great reward because I want to give you righteousness I want you to make you like me Having a child, that's not so important. But you being my child is more important. <laughs> so that's like, you see, having God in your life is like a foundation. Having God as a reward in your life is a foundation. 
God is the reward. God is it. But now we have the foundation set. Everything else is built upon it. I saw my brother, my sister. Yes, God is a reward. And my prayer is that He may be the foundation in your life. That your feet may be set on Him so strong that everything else that comes is built on Him. The job is built on Him. The family is built on Him. The health is built on Him. The education is built on Him. Everything is built on Him because when it's like that, when you lose those things, right, because they can be lost, you still have God. Your reward. Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. You are our great, great, awesome reward. I want to ask, Father, that you would visit my brothers and sisters in a special way. In a year that has seen so many devastating events, we are happy to know that you are our reward because we can lose everything. But Father, we are also happy to know that you are a God who keeps his promises. You are a God who rewards. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us to be willing to wait for you to give us our promises, our rewards. We pray that our belief system may be so strong. And so, Father, I want to pray that you bless my brothers and sisters and strengthen them. And I want to pray that as we give back to you what is yours, please accept it and bless it and make it abundant. Thank you, O God, in just my prayer. Amen. God bless you. Amen.